the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Our problems are not going to be fixed by the next election cycle or the election cycle after that or this group wins the House or this group wins Congress or this group wins White House. Like, that is not where our hope lies. You know, and I'm not saying how you should vote or you should vote. You absolutely should vote. Vote biblically. You know, vote for the candidate and the party that most aligns with the Bible. But our hope is not in that. Where does your hope lie? Does it lie in politics? Does it lie in the next election cycle? Putting your faith in anything of this world will lead you to false hope and false promise. You'll be disappointed if you trust in worldly people to bring peace and restoration. But you can put your hope in Jesus. Jesus has the power to bring healing and grace. Today, Pastor Dan will remind us about where our hope should lie. It should only lie in the fact that Jesus will return and he will fulfill all of his promises. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Micah chapter 6 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Chapter 6, verse 16. Look what he says here. Verse 16. For the statutes of Omri are kept. He's speaking to the southern kingdom now, to Judah. All the works of Ahab's house are done. And you walk in their counsels. That I may make you a desolation and your inhabitants a hissing. Therefore, you shall bear the reproach of my people. Now, Omri and Ahab were kings of the northern kingdom. And they were two of the worst kings in Israel's history. I'm just going to read a passage to you. 1 Kings 16, 23 to 33. There it says, In the 31st year of Asa, king of Judah, Omri became king over Israel. He reigned 12 years. And he brought the hill of Samaria from Shemer for two talents of silver. So he establishes Samaria. Then he built on the hill and called the name of the city which he built Samaria. And then it says, Omri did evil in the eyes of the Lord and did worse than all who were before him. That's quite a statement. He's the worst king of all up to this point. He did worse than all the kings before him, for he walked in the ways of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and in his sin by which he had made Israel sin, provoking the Lord God of Israel to anger with their idols. As the king, he provoked God to anger against the nation. And then it goes on, after Omri died, Then Ahab, his son, reigned in his place. And it says of Ahab, Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. So he was worse than Omri. Remember the good old days when we had Omri, right? Now it's terrible because we've got Ahab. Listen to what it says. And it came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing 
for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took as wife Jezebel, the daughter of the king of the Zidonians, and he went and served Baal and worshipped him. Then he set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a wooden image. Ahab, listen, Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. Their leader provoked God to anger more than any leader before him. Now, looking at Micah chapter 6, verse 16, again, he says to the southern kingdom, Judah, you walk in the statutes of Omri. And the works of Ahab's house are done. You walk in their councils. The, the people of Judah were keeping the statutes of Omri and Ahab instead of the statutes of the Lord. They walked in their councils instead of the councils of the Lord. These are the people of God. It's always bad, without exception. It's always bad when the people of God listen to the counsel of ungodly men and women instead of the counsel of the Lord God. Instead of listening to the counsel of God's word. Even if that ungodly person is greatly esteemed by the culture and greatly esteemed by the world and considered an expert in the field and a best-selling author, you do not walk in their counsels over walking in the counsel of the Lord. You never do that. Look what he says. You walk in their counsels. You're doing what they say you should do instead of what I say you should do. Psalm 1 verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Don't listen to ungodly counsel. No matter how popular it is. You know, Paul writes in Colossians chapter 2 verse 8, listen to what he says. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Jesus Christ. High sounding nonsense. Stick with the word of God. And because Judah followed the ungodly counsel of Omri and Ahab and followed in their sinful ways, God will give Judah over to ruin. And they will be taken captive by the Babylonians and they will be ridiculed by the nations. Chapter 7, verse 1. We're going to go through it quickly. Don't panic. As Micah looks at the condition of his nation, he says, woe is me. As he's looking at the leaders of his nation, he's saying, woe is me, for I am like those who gather summer fruits, like those who glean vintage grapes. There is no cluster to eat of the first ripe fruit, which my soul desires. The faithful man has perished from the earth and there is no one upright among men. They all lie in wait for blood. Every man hunts his brother with a net. Micah laments for his nation, and he says looking for, for godly people, godly leaders in the nation is like looking for summer fruit after the harvest. There ain't any. It's all gone. He goes on in verse 3, 
that they may successfully do evil with both hands. The prince asks for gifts. The judge seeks a bribe. The great man utters his evil desires. So they scheme together. The best of them, the best of the leaders is like a briar. The most upright is sharper than a thorn hedge. The day of your watchmen and your punishment comes. Now shall be their perplexity. Faithful people, again, he's talking about the leaders of the nation. Faithful people, godly people have vanished. There are no upright people left. The the leaders are corrupt. They take bribes. They can be bought. And then at the end of verse 4, Micah says again, the day of your watchmen and your punishment comes. Now shall be their perplexity. The watchmen of Israel were the prophets, prophets of God. And the prophets have been warning for years now that there is a day of judgment coming for the nation if the nation does not repent and turn back to God. And that day that they warned would come has come. But he says here, the day of punishment, it shall be shall bring perplexity to the people. Now, why will the people be perplexed or why were the people perplexed by this day of judgment? Because they were listening to the false prophets and the false prophets were declaring peace, peace. Nothing bad's going to happen to us. God's never going to judge us. Our best days are ahead of us. You've got nothing to worry about. So then when judgment comes, the people are perplexed. They're confused. And the Bible tells us that the tribulation that will come upon the whole earth at the end of this age will catch the world by surprise. That it will leave people perplexed. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3 For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. There will be false prophets in the last days saying peace and safety. Everything's fine. Everything's peaceful. You're safe. You're secure. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to go wrong. And then when the tribulation comes. People are caught by it and they're perplexed. They're confused. Now, the church will be taken to heaven before the tribulation begins. So we don't have to worry about that. Look what he says. This is what it's like in the society, in this nation, right before it collapses. Do not trust in a friend. Do not put your confidence in a companion. Guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your bosom. For son dishonors father, daughter rises against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man's enemies are the men of his own household. During during the final days of the nation of Israel, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, there was great distrust and great division among the people. There was even division in families. People had to guard what they said around others, even around your own family members. You know, Jesus quoted Micah chapter 7, verse 6, in Matthew chapter 10. Uh, Verses 34 to 36. And Jesus said that families will divide over him. And some of you I know have experienced that. We're told in Malachi chapter 4 verses 5 and 6. That God will send Elijah the prophet to return to the earth during the tribulation period. And one of the main reasons Elijah will come will be to restore families. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. 
to restore families back together because there's going to be this dis, this division and this distrust among people, even families. Now, look at verse seven. Verse seven, therefore, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Now, we can see many similarities between what was happening in Israel and what's happening in our own nation and our own culture. And so what should we do? We should look to the Lord, just like Micah. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Micah realized that God was the only hope for their nation at that point. And God is the only hope for our nation. Our problems are not going to be fixed by the next election cycle or the election cycle after that or this group wins the House or this group wins Congress or this group wins White House. Like, that is not where our hope lies. You know, and I'm not saying how you should vote or you should vote. You absolutely should vote. Vote biblically. You know, vote for the candidate and the party that most aligns with the Bible. But our hope is not in that. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And so, just like Micah here, we should look to the Lord. We should wait for the God of our salvation, either to send revival or to take us home in the rapture to be with him. Either one of those are fine with me. But what if he doesn't send revival? What if we're not raptured? What if we are watching just the end of our nation? Look to the Lord. Especially look to the Lord, if that's what's happening. So verse 8, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him. Notice how Micah includes himself in with the nation here. Until he pleads my case and executes justice for me, he will bring me forth to the light. I will see his righteousness Then she who is my enemy will see and shame will cover her who said to me, where is the Lord your God? My eyes will see her. Now she will be trampled down like mud in the streets. In the day when your walls are to be built in that day, the decree shall go far and wide. In that day, they shall come to you from Assyria and the fortified cities, from the fortress to the river, from sea to sea and mountain to mountain. Yet the land shall be desolate because of those who dwell in it and for the fruit of their deeds. Here, here Micah, he knows that the nation will go into captivity in Babylon. But Micah also knows that God promises that he will restore the nation one day. And that he will bring Israel back and that Jerusalem will be rebuilt. 
And as we've mentioned before, this is one of those prophecies that has a a near fulfillment and a far fulfillment. There's the near fulfillment in that Jerusalem was rebuilt after the captivity. They were brought back in the days of Nehemiah. But there's also this future fulfillment in the kingdom age. When God will bring back his people from the four corners of the earth to Israel and reestablish Israel and Jerusalem. And then God will be a shepherd to his people. Verse 14, shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your heritage who dwell solitarily in a woodland in the midst of Carmel. Let them feed in Bashan and Gilead as in days of old. Restore back the things that they lost because of their sin. Isn't it amazing how God restores things that we lost because of sin? How he restores the years the locusts have eaten as we read in Joel. He's so merciful and he's so gracious to bring those things back to us. As in the days when you came out of the land of Egypt, I will show them wonders. God will do miraculous things in bringing Israel back in the last days. The nation shall see and be ashamed of all their might. They shall put their hand over their mouth. Their ears shall be deaf. They shall lick the dust like a serpent. They shall crawl from their holes like snakes of the earth. They shall be afraid of the Lord our God and shall fear because of you. Micah knows that God's ultimate plan for his people is to restore the nation. And all of the nations that were against Israel will be humbled. Now look at verse 18. We're almost finished and we've come to like the best verses in the whole book. Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. There is no God like our God, is there? There is no God like our God. He pardons our iniquity. He passes over our transgressions. Colossians says the blood of Jesus Christ blots out all of our iniquity. He delights in mercy. Look at what he says. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will give truth to Jacob and mercy to Abraham, which you have sworn to our fathers from days of old. God, there's no God like our God who forgives sins, who delights in mercy. Aren't you glad that God delights in mercy for you, that he's merciful? He doesn't give you what you deserve. Instead of giving us what we deserve, he gives us mercy. Instead of pouring out his anger upon us, he poured out his anger on his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross, and he delights to show us mercy. And look at verse 19 again. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us God takes away all of our sins. He removes them. And it says here that he cast them into the depths of the sea. Never to be seen again. I love this. The Bible says he remembers our sins no more. Corey Ten Boom used to say that he casts all of our sins into the depth of the sea. And then he puts up a no fishing sign. Right? <laughs> all of our sins into the depths of the sea. In verse 20, he tells us that all of the promises that he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the children of Israel, 
All of those things that he promised and swore to our fathers, he will keep. But his promises are faithful and true. His promises are yes and amen. Here in Micah, he closes the book after going through all that we've gone through in Micah and seeing just the sin of Israel and the hardness of their hearts and their refusal to repent, the refusal to turn back to God, you know, wanting to come to God on their own terms and all all of that stuff. And at the end of it, he says, who is a God like our God? That he would forgive people like this. And remove their iniquity. And give them a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance and a hundredth chance. Who is a God like our God that he would remove our iniquity? That he wouldn't give up on us. And that his promises to us, to you and me, remain faithful and true. And yes, and amen. And that he doesn't just leave us or forsake us because of our stubbornness. Or because we can get hard hearted and stiff necked. That he pursues us and his plans for us never fail. They're all going to come to pass. Who is a God like this? Only God has this kind of grace and this kind of mercy and this kind of forgiveness and this kind of love that he makes available to us. And the great thing is for us is when we fail, when we when we're stubborn, when we refuse to turn, we finally turn to him. The Bible says that he's faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Right? There's, he's, he's just longing for us, just waiting for us to turn to him. Confess our sins and he'll forgive and he'll restore. He'll cast all of our sins into the sea. And one day, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, one day you're going to stand before God and Jesus is going to present you. The Bible says, holy, just and above reproach. As if you've never done anything wrong. No, no accusation can be made against you. How is that even possible? Because he's removed our sin completely. He's cast our sin into the sea. And so he will present you one day, it says, holy, just or holy, blameless and above reproach. But you and I know that you're not holy. I'm not holy. We're certainly not blameless. And we're not above reproach. We've done a lot of things wrong. And we've been very difficult children. And you know what the Lord God's going to say? Well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. That is only possible because the blood of Jesus Christ has removed your sins. It's only possible because of the forgiveness that we have through Christ. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of Micah and just the hope of the gospel that we have here at the end of Micah and the reminder of your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that you have removed our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Lord, we thank you that you take all of our iniquity and you cast it into the sea. We're thankful for that, Lord. We thank you for your patience with us, Lord. We thank you for your long suffering. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. We thank you, Lord, for the way that you've brought us out of the bondage of sin and how you've given us your Holy Spirit and your word to guide us. We thank you for your protection and your provision through every step of our life. Lord, we thank you that you bring us into fruitfulness and abundance and victory by your spirit. Who is a God like you? 
We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan Sexton is continuing to teach through the book of Micah verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491. 491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer request with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll be sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Micah. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.